Welcome to the Rock Creek Family Church Podcast. I'm Pastor Jonathan, and thank you so much for joining us today. We know that uh, there's so many other things going on, so many other things you could be listening to right now, but you have decided to listen to what God has in store for you on this podcast. So we just pray and ask that God would bless you in this sermon Thank you again for joining us. Don't forget, you are part of the Rock Creek Family Church family. Amen. All right, Children's Church, you can take off at this time. Thank you, worship band. We appreciate you so much. They have, they have too much fun in there for it to be church. You're not supposed to smile and laugh and have a good time at church, are we? Got some of you, right? Good to be in the house of the Lord today. As much as it is good to be here and good to be in what God is doing, I am looking forward to see what God is going to do. Last week... Uh, kind of just felt led to talk about the prodigal son, but I wanted more so to talk about the, the daddy and how the dad had way more in store for his son than he could ever have imagined. To think that I was, I could be a prodigal son to take all of my inheritance and take it and waste it and to return not knowing whether or not he had more for me And to be so excited to see him blow my mind in realizing that he had more for me than what I could have ever imagined. It's an invitation today. It's an invitation, as Pastor Jonathan was already saying, it's an invitation. God is extending an invitation to all of us today. He's extending that invitation for Friendship. But before we step into friendship, we got to understand His Lordship. Because if you don't understand His Lordship before His friendship, then you're going to miss a few things. Some things are going to catch you off guard. Some things are going to make you wonder why. And some things are going to cause you to be in a mistrust. If you don't understand His Lordship before His friendship, then you're going to go through some things and be like, God, why? I thought you loved me. God, why why am I dealing with this? If you're so good and you're so awesome, why am I dealing through this? I prayed for this and it didn't turn out the way that I wanted. I I wanted this. I desired this. And you said in your word if you would give me the desires of my heart, right? And so, okay, I guess, am I talking to anybody today who's ever just gone through a moment where you said, God, I'm not really quite sure what's going on here And I'm going to teach you today on how to get through those moments and how to step from lordship into friendship. It's an important part. I think we need to understand it's an important invitation. I think we need to understand for sure. If you have your Bible, turn with me to the book of Leviticus chapter 19 and verse 2. We're going to start there. Actually, 1 and 2. Maybe three. Then we're going to jump over to First Peter chapter one. So if you have those tabs on your phone, you can cheat and do it that way, or or you can do like the old timers used to do and just stick your fingers in the Bible, right, and mark your spots. Or you can just watch the screen, and we'll do all the work for you. <laughs> There you go. And just in case, just in case I want to keep you with your heads up, we're also going to go to Ephesians chapter 2. We're going to chew on this for a few days and maybe a few Sundays. We'll chew on this for just a little bit. Um, I'd like to just entitle this sermon today, Simply Stay. Stay. It's the proximity principle. 
We'll get deeper into that in just a minute. Leviticus chapter 19 and verses 1 and 2. I threw Jonathan a curveball, but I think he handled it right. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to all the congregation of the children of Israel, and say to them, You shall be holy. Mm, I like that. I like how God sees in advance. I like how God sees where we're going. I like how God can call me for what He knows He can do in me someday. I like how God can look into my life and speak into it what will be. I like how God can undo what was and turn it into what He wants it to be. I like my God. I don't know about y'all. There's a few of us. There's a few of us. I kind of like him. I, I'm, I'm growing to, I'm really growing to like him. I, I know we have to say we love him, but how many of you really like him? You go, oh, come on. You know what I'm talking about. Because there's some people you got to love, but you really don't like being around them that much. I know I just busted some of us out today. And it's one of those things that you got to do what you got to do sometimes. And sometimes you just get through it and you make it through. But there are some people I really like to be around. There are some people I really enjoy and rather enjoy it. Not only do I love them, but I like them. And I thank God and I like my God for the way that He works in our lives. Amen? You shall be holy. For I, the Lord your God, am holy. Jump over to 1 Peter. Chapter 1. Start reading in verse 13. We're going to go all the way down to verse 16. First Peter chapter 1, starting verse 13. Therefore, gird up the loins of your mind. Be sober. Rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, not conforming yourselves to the former lusts as in your ignorance. But as He who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Because it's written, Be holy. For I am holy. Now, Peter does it from a little different perspective. In the book of Leviticus, who actually says, Be holy, for I am holy. And he says that three times. Leviticus 11, Leviticus 11, 44 and 45, and Leviticus 19 and 2. He says it three times. And in all those times, he's saying, You shall be holy. I'm, I'm doing a holy work in you. And then Peter comes from a different angle by saying, Hey, God said, Be holy. For I am holy. What he's saying is, is he's stepped into a holy walk, whereas before the work of the cross, they were moving toward that holy walk. From the resurrection, they're now moving in that holy walk. Does that make sense? That maybe God is calling us to be a church that walks on the right side of the cross, being the resurrection side. Right? Is that deep for you? Are you alright with that? And maybe God is calling His church to be more craftsmen of His kingdom than curators of His museums. And maybe God is calling us to do a work with Him. That if there's a reason why He came as a great carpenter or builder, in fact the word carpenter in the original language there in the Greek is actually means stonemason, which means... He was a builder. He did it all. I know we have in our mind that he put rocking chairs together, but I think he did more than that. I think he built buildings because uh, I think that was a type and shadow of what he is doing now, still building his building, calling us alongside to be a part of that great work. But to be a part of that great work, we must be holy. And I realize that that makes some of us nervous when I talk about holiness. And I know it makes very few people excited. All right, I was waiting for Shane to get up and run across that. That's vacant right there, Shane. You get up and run across them chairs anytime you want to. Just take off. They'll catch you over there, right? Brandy and Dustin will catch you. 
jump and then do a swan dive into Mark's lap. I want to see it. Come on, everybody, let's cheer him. No, I'm just kidding. Yes, right. I'll do, a, I'll do a stage dive, right? But we have good news because I realize not everybody in here is perfect. Maybe a couple of you. There's a couple of you that are perfect. As far as I'm concerned, I think my wife is, right? She's going to buy lunch now. <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, we all in here need a little bit of help in the perfection side of life, don't we? On the holy side of life. I'm glad we have it. We have that help. Ephesians 2.13. Go there real quick. Ephesians, which is probably one of my favorite New Testament books. So rich. So rich. Ephesians 2.13. But now, now, Leviticus said you shall be, Peter said you are, and Paul says now, now, now you are, now you have the invitation in your hand, now is the time, now faith is, now, but now in Christ Jesus, you who once were afar off, have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Let me thank God for the blood. Father God, we love you. We thank you for the blood. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for your glory. We thank you for your might. We thank you for your power. We thank you for knowing that you can do all things and knowing that we can then do all things through you. Thank you, Lord, for all that you have done for us in the past. We remember that as a stepping stone to take us closer to you, especially in times whenever we need to see you again. We need to see you move. We hunger and thirst for more of you. We thank you, Lord, that you fed us in the past and you've not stopped baking bread yet I want to thank you Lord because I have never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread so today as we hunger and thirst for your righteousness fill us up Lord feed us feed us Lord God feed us manna from your word proceed a word out of your mouth to us today to help us to understand you better Let us be drawn close to you. Let us see you and know you for who you are. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Holy. When I I speak about the word holy or holiness, I know there's all kinds of images that pop up in our head. And usually that image is not an image of us, is it? I understand that because I stand before you as not a perfect person by any stretch of the imagination. By any stretch of the imagination, I get reminded every once in a while that I was wrong. Most of the time it comes from my children. I get get reminded that every once in a while I'm not always on top of things. In fact, sometimes I feel like things are on top of me. And that's the kind of the, the hard part about ministry is there's there, from one Sunday to the next, it could be a little different. One Sunday, I may walk out of here going, yeah, we got God. Yeah, we got this. And the very next Sunday, I walk out of here going, ooh, it's got me. Can I be transparent before you this morning? Maybe y'all have never felt that way in your spiritual life. Maybe you've never felt like, yes, I feel you, Lord. I, I thank you, Lord. I mean, y'all have ever had those moments where you just just... When you wake up, you just feel close to Him for whatever reason. And I love that. I love those days. I love those feelings. My question to you is this. Do you take that invitation seriously? When you feel that, when you, when you are in proximity to that, when you, when you know that and when you sense that, when you, can I say it theologically, when you discern that and there's a spirit inside of you going, yeah, let's leak up, Let, let's, let's get connected, let's, let's get hooked up today. Do you take that invitation seriously or do we go, oh, that's good, let's just put it on the back burner, let's just wait, let's just wait, I'll get it later tonight, I'll get it maybe tomorrow, this weekend will be good, and then the next thing you know, what happens? I lost that invitation. Where did that go? 
You know where it went. The junk drawer where everything else goes. Anybody in here have a junk drawer? Anybody in here have more than one junk drawer? <laughs> All right, we've got some honest people in the house, right? My next question then is this. Have you ever had those days where you just didn't feel as spiritually goosebumpish? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Some days where you just feel dry. Days when you feel like, where you at, Lord? And do we understand that that in and of itself is actually an invitation? That in and of itself is an invitation to trust Him in His Lordship when you don't always feel His friendship. To know who He is in His holiness. And, and don't get me wrong, listen, I'm a child of the, the worship movement where, where, where when I was growing up it really... Worship kind of shifted from just singing out of books to, to singing like what we're doing today. And, and, and it became a little more popularized. And I'm not going to get into the eschatology of all of that, but I am going to say it, it became cool. Can I put it that way? Worship became cool, right? It became a movement. It became something we got excited about doing. And, and in so doing, we, we really began to focus on the love of God, and, and rightfully so, because His love blows my mind. Alright, there's three of us. This love completely blows my mind. I'm not, I'm serious now. I, there have been times when God loved me and I thought, you should not have. You really, you really see somebody that really blew it this time, but yet you still you still, you stayed, you stayed. When I was unfaithful, you stayed. Hosea had a wife. He didn't always stay, but he pursued to the point where he went to the auction block, the prostitution block and said, I'll buy her, I'll buy her myself. Take her back home. I'll let her know her worth. He stays. How many of you thank God He stays? Oh, He stays so faithful. And His love is so amazing. I, I do not want to ever step out of the bounds of that. I do not want to ever, ever forget about that. But I don't also ever want to forget about the holiness of God. The sheer power and authenticity of who He is. I don't want to swing my pendulum so far to the love of God that I forget the power of God. Because what is love without power? It's lust. It won't last. What's love without power? What's power without love? Power without love is just sheer ability, but power in love and love in power makes things work together and make you know that you can get through whatever it is you need to get through. Like a, like a marriage. Right? Like a marriage that you have there together, a threefold cord that is not easily broken, tying you together, knowing that you're going to go through some rough stuff. Not too many married people said amen on that one. You're going to go through some stuff that, that don't make sense. You're going to go through some stuff where you're like, this is this what I signed up for? You're going to go through some stuff that's going to make you question yourself and your sanity. You're going to go through stuff that's going to be rocky. But you know that tying you together is a bound of power. Your word coming one to another that says, I Will. I will. When I do a marriage, we begin with the I wills, not the I do's. I will. Because we know that at some point in time, I will. I will take you. I will take you. Right? There's power there. 
And that power has a love to it. And that love has a power to it. And I know we live in a day and time in which that, that can be very skewed and misunderstood. Because I know you hear all the time the divorce rate, and it's always kind of shoved up in your face. And we give God praise and thanks that He knows how to work us through all of that. And as you hear these divorce rates, it could be scary. I have talked to young people very recently that have said, I don't know if I ever want to get married because I'm afraid of divorce. And I knew, I knew right then that what they're, what they're being fed is fear all the time. What they're being fed is the failure all the time. What they're being fed all the time is the limitation of our earthly flesh. That's what they're being fed all the time. So I thought, now is a really good time to feed them something way better, something more important, something more powerful. And that is this. And I know all the time you hear 50% or more of marriages end in divorce. How many of you have heard that recently? All right. How many of you heard the other statistic? by not just George Barna, but two or three other Christian sources that says, yes, but to those who go to church together, pray together, and love each other the way Christ did, the percentage is less than a half of a percent. Stay. Right? Stay. Stay in power. Stay in love. And when we think about holiness, a lot of times we just kind of dwindle it down to are we good people or not? Are we making moral choices or not? We dwindle it down to a list of do's and don'ts and what I'm supposed to look like or not look like. What we really do is we take holiness and we make it so me-centered. Okay, I take it so me-centered and, and I try to envision God's holiness based on this dude right here and it gives me a messed up perspective of it. When God is trying to give us a different perspective where it is from God down, not us up. And when we look at Leviticus 19, which how many of you enjoy reading Leviticus? All right, we're, we're honest today. When we're reading through Scripture, Leviticus is one of those tedious books that just kind of, you okay, let's go to this step, step, step. Let's, let's move through this. Let's check this box up. Let's get to something exciting like David killing Goliath or something. Let's get through Leviticus. But what we forget about Leviticus is Leviticus is put there by God to teach His people how to stay in close proximity to Him who is holy. And he starts off multiple times telling us, I am Moses, if you're going to teach them anything, one of the first things you've got to teach them is teach them my holiness. Teach them that I am holy. It's something you learned back at the burning bush. Remember when I taught you to take your shoes off your feet and stay a while because I have something special for you? You have to get close to me. And to get close to me, you can't have anything between you and I. And all of that stuff that you've been walking through, I I want you to put it aside and I want you to come to me just you and me kick your shoes off stay a while because the closer you get to me who is holy you then become holiness is twofold number one it is the sheer incredible power of who God is God is holy because there is none beside Him. God is holy because there is no one, no other deity, no other professed deity. There is none other that has the creative and life-sustaining power that He is. Not just that He has, that He is. No one. And so therefore, He is God all by Himself. He doesn't need you to be God. He doesn't need you to praise Him to be God. He doesn't need you to worship Him to be God. But He's given us an invitation to draw close to Him in proximity through praise, through worship, 
through relationship. Why? Because those things then that are all around him also become holy. His at, he is so holy, his atmosphere becomes holy. That's why the book of Revelation is like a book completely set apart. That's why we see holy beings and holy things that are flying around the throne. We call them seraphim. That's why we see streets made of what? It means that they are so pure, they're transparent, that purity is there and around. It radiates from Him. So therefore... Not just He is holy, but number two, all of those in proximity to Him then are also holy. And so therefore, when He gives you an invitation to come close, He's also making a way for you and for me to be holy. Not perfect, but His not perfect, but holy His. Holiness in God's perspective is that there is none beside Him. He is God. I like what S.M. Lockridge said. He says, the reason God came from nowhere is because there wasn't anywhere for Him to come from. And coming from nowhere, He stood out on nothing. For there was nowhere for Him to stand. And standing on nothing, He reached out where there was nowhere to reach and caught something when there was nothing to catch. Then he hung that something on nothing and told it to stay there. And nobody said a word because there wasn't anybody around to say anything. And that's why he tells himself, and it is good. The sheer power of who he is. The sheer, I mean, we just say, oh, how marvelous. Oh, how wonderful. So in your life, He either is or He is not. And if He is to you, then maybe we should worship as such. And I think that's what Pastor Jonathan is trying to get us to understand this morning. You didn't come into this house to play a game. We're not playing a game of pickup sticks or a card game or a fun little time to be had. It's, it's definitely exciting. I'm excited every time I get to go to church. I understand why David said it was good when they said it's church time. But you have an invitation to be in the presence of of Almighty God. Y'all looking at me like, what's next? Should there be anything next? Should that be good? Right there. Should that be it? Right there. That invitation. To say come. Come and touch me. Come and approach me. With confidence knowing I've got the grace to give you grace. And I've got the mercy to give you mercy. And I have everything you need. How can we sit there flat-footed knowing what one real touch from God will do? How can we sit not excited knowing what would happen if we could just reach out and touch the hem of the train of His robe that fills His temple, knowing what that could do really in our life? How can we sit within any other expectation? He's holy. He's Lord. He's Lord. Is, is He or is He not? 
Sometimes I feel like Joshua, where you know you are just inches from moving on to the next glorious level and seeing a promise completely be fulfilled and unfolded right before your face. And before you do so, choose today. Who are you going to serve? I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. And you can see it by my walk. But I'm extending an invitation to all of you. What an invitation. What an invitation. Like God's holiness. It is, it is absolutely beautiful. Absolutely incredible. And my words fall flat. There are times, and I know I make a living by my words, but what do you do? How do you describe God? If y'all have a better word, go ahead and spit it out. I give you permission right now. If you have a better word than I do, we use words like awesome, right? But that falls so short because I've also said that pizza was awesome. I can't put that in the same category, right? I'd say that he's, he, he's wonderful, but I've also said something else, something down here was wonderful. And he's so much greater and so much more. And so that is why not only is he to be revered, he's also to be loved, but I, I must do so with a healthy respect and reverence because he is Pure power. It's a good metaphor. Now, I'm not saying, all right, I'm not saying we worship the sun, okay? In fact, right now, I'm definitely not worshiping the sun. I'm worshiping the AC. No, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Nobody write me a dirty letter or anything. But a good metaphor is like the sun. And in our solar system, there's nothing like it. I mean, there's nothing like it. There's big bodies. There's a lot of stuff happening. But there's nothing like the sun. And it keeps everything going. It is life-giving. It is, it is powerful. It is good. But get too close. Or don't respect it. The same power that is absolute goodness can also be absolute. Not so good. Any of you ever not respected the sun and didn't put on sunblock? <laughs> when I was a teenager and I wanted to look all cool and tan and stuff, I'm putting on like baby oil and trying to make myself look really tan. Now that I'm 42, we, we bought a five-gallon bucket of SPF 2000. We had paint rollers, guys. We were like, <laughs> serious. Then you sit under, a, <laughs> under an umbrella. Right? And then every 30 minutes, you're like, am I getting red? We've learned. <laughs> Respect, right? And his, God is so holy that he's giving us a warning that while we're in our flesh, things we touch and things we do can influence our flesh. That's why Leviticus gives us a whole bunch of rules and laws that says don't touch this, don't eat that, don't do this, don't do that. Okay, There's a whole bunch of, of that stuff. There's a lot of purity rituals, there's a lot of religious stuff, there's a lot of laws, there's even some laws for the priesthood, there's all kinds of stuff like that, because God is trying to give you a warning that, hey, this stuff can affect you, right? This stuff can, can work on you and make you sick and make you like death, so to speak. But, right in the middle of the book of Leviticus, chapter 16 and 17, it's about the Day of Atonement. Right in the middle of the law, you find an atonement. Right in the middle of the law, you find a way to be cleansed from all of that. Right in the middle of the law, we see 
Though you have been affected, something else affects you and over-affect it. Where sin does abound, grace does much more. What's he saying? He is saying that death affects you, but I affect death. Death can pull you down, but I can raise it up. Sickness can hinder you, but I can set you free. And so the law who said don't touch came in full body being, 100% God, 100% man, and said, are you willing to touch me though I have leprosy? And he touches them. Woman with an issue of blood by law could not touch anything that was holy. And Jesus said, it's okay. I'm coming close enough to you to go ahead and touch me. As if I'm saying, I, I dare you, I invite you. I'm going to walk, I know how much strength you have left. And I'm coming close enough to you where you have a choice to either die in your issue or let me set you free by coming close enough to touch you. You don't have to die in your issue. We all got them, but you don't have to stay there. You don't have to die there. That's why Isaiah chapter 6, verses 1 through 7, Isaiah says, In the year that King Uzziah died, that was his good, that was one of the last good kings, and that, by the way, was his cousin. And now he's mourning the loss and thinking, God, where do we go from here? Where are your people going to go? What do we do now? I felt that way a little bit in society now, right? Where do we go from here? What do we do? And he gets to be invited up to the throne room of God. And his first thing was not, hey, yeah, Jesus, my homeboy. The first thing that came up into his heart and his mind was, I'm hitting my face because he says, I am not worthy to be here. He said, I'm from a land of unclean lips, which means I've heard a lot of cuss words. And a lot of them are cursing you, God. And there have even been times when my lips have not been perfect either. Don't make me pull on that prophetic robe. Right? So God says, it's okay. I've got something. I've got a way to handle this. And He takes a coal from His altar. An angel takes a coal from that altar. The altar that stays before the throne of God. And he flies down and he touches the lips of Isaiah and says, My life, my fire affects your death. My blessing will affect your cursing. My love, my holiness, my power will overcome your faults and your failures every single time. That's a good opportunity for a praise break. Some of us missed it. Every time. I'll affect you. Ezekiel gets another vision from God. And it starts out as a, as a stream coming from the throne of God. But ends up going into a river so deep and so wide. He said, I'm not even going to dare cross it. Because it will overtake me. It will affect me so much. It will, it will drown me. It will overtake me. And Jesus shows up to say, I'm going to affect you in such a way that when I'm glorified, out of you comes the ability to affect instead of be affected. Out of you, the Bible says, out of you. When, when he is glorified, he says, out of you shall flow rivers of living water. So, what's holiness all about? It's about being close. It's about staying close. It's about staying His. It's about staying focused. It's about staying anointed. Can we break that down a little further? 
I know I'm about to run out of time, but I guess you can guess where we're going for the next few weeks. Stay. Stay. In the, in, in the time and the season where everybody wants to just, just tuck tail and run, God says, no, be still and know that I am God. Stay. Stay. Why is it important to stay? And I'm closing with this. I'm not talking about losing your salvation. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm saying how many people out there that have the invitation that Apostle Paul says in Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 through 21, one of the most amazing prayers of all the Scripture. And Apostle Paul says, I'm praying for you, church, to know God in His fullness. Let me try this side. I am praying for you to know God in His fullness. Oh, how many of you are just happy? Okay, listen. I love going to Sam's. It's like a playground for me. I go and I drool over all kinds of stuff. Then one day I'll get that. One day we'll get that. Hey, this is cool. Ooh, instant savings. I love seeing the yellow sticker. The big yellow sign that says instant savings. I don't even need it, but I want it. I had a fight. Me and Sam had a knockdown drag out fight last time we were in Sam's because I needed that I needed those big pins that were on instant savings. They're good, real oh, these are nice pins. And she says, We don't need any more pins. I said, these are on instant. Y'all scared to admit some of the stuff y'all have done. You see what she has to put up with. I'm like, I know we have pins coming out of our ears at home, but not these pins. Can I tell you, I have maybe once in my life ran a pin out of ink. Maybe. <laughs> but I think I got to have it in my favorite part. Just some of you are thinking, where are you going with this? All right, let me go. My favorite part of Sam's is the samples. Somebody say amen and help me feel better. I could, we could have just come from a meal and an ice cream and dessert and I could be full as a tick with my button stretched as far as it can go, but I'm like, ooh, samples. And as good as those samples are, are we content? Are we content with that? Pastor Steph, can you come play? Why? Why is it important to stay? Why is it important to stay close? Why is it important to stay? Why did the writer say, be holy? Because God is holy. He's not saying you have to be perfect. He's saying be His. Be close. Why? Because it makes Psalm 23 a reality. When you stay close, Psalm 23 is not just a fun poem to memorize at a funeral. When you stay close, He really is your shepherd and you really will not want. He really will teach you how to rest and find still waters. He really will be right there with you and give you green grass when, you're, when it's needed. He really will walk you through that valley of the shadow of death. And you really will fear no evil because you've seen the sun. It becomes personal. It becomes real. He really does become your Lord and, 
And when you've gone all you can go and you've done all you can do and you've walked all you can walk and you don't know what else to do and you hit your knees and your face before Almighty God, then goodness and mercy has been following you will come and cover you. And He'll pick you up and though you may see a presence of enemies all around, He's... He said, come here. While you were down covered in goodness and mercy, I've been up here working on a table. Setting a table. I gave you samples back then, but I'm setting the full thing up right now. What if we were a church that was not satisfied with samples? And truly wanted the fullness of God. Would you stand? All I want you to do is take advantage of the invitation given to you today. To realize that He has the power and the love to walk you through anything. Your job today is just to stay His. Stay with Him. When other things come calling, you say, no, I'm His. When other desires rise up, you say, no, I'm His. And when we fall, when we fail, guess what? Mercy was brand new today. So that you can be His today. Right now. His. Stay. Stay with Him. Stay. 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 I believe with all of my heart, God is releasing an anointing to stay. To stay His. To having done all, you still get to stand and stay. An anointing that says, I know Pharaoh is breathing down my neck. There's a desert on one side, mountains on the other, and a Red Sea in front of me. But if I'm going to get through this, I'm going to get through it by staying right here. Stay. Stay. Stay in yours. Stay in yours. I'm not going anywhere. I'm staying yours. Come hell or high water, I'm staying yours. Thick and thin. I believe if we were to do it in our setting today, rich, poor, sickness, health, good times, bad times, staying. Not going anywhere. Yours. You realize then. As He's invited you to come close, what He's saying is, is, I'm inviting you to be holy. Don't be scared of that or intimidated by that. Let Him make you holy. Holy His. Father, I pray over everyone in this building today. I'm going to pray over someone in particular today that is just well, you blew it last week. God wanted me to tell you, you're still His. You're still His. You're still His. Act like it. Worship like it. Praise like it. Walk like it. Live like it. Live like His holiness affects your sin. Live like His life affects your death. Live 
like His grace affects that sin that would try to abound. Father, I pray for that person today. Wash them clean. Make them new. Invite them to Your fullness. I pray for someone today who is literally in the last 24 hours, you said, I wish I had more faith. And here's what I want to say. His faith has you. Ephesians also says, you're His workmanship. He has faith in what He can do in you. The same God that S.M. Lockridge said stands out on nothing and does something with it can take your tiny bit of faith and do something amazing with it. Father, I pray for that person right now in this room. I pray for that person in this room that is just exhausted, thinking, how am I going to go another step? Oh my goodness, I poured out and I poured out and I poured out. How am I going to go another step? His goodness and His mercy will overtake you. He will pick you up. And He says, you will dwell with the Lord all the days of your life. He's not finished with you. You're still breathing. He's not finished with you. There's still some giants to slay. He's not finished with you. Father, I pray it now in Jesus' name that you give them, give them a Holy Spirit energy. Father, I pray it now. I pray over everyone in this building today that you give them an anointing to stay. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Now y'all get out of here. <laughs> God bless you. We love you, and we thank you so very much. Thank you so much for listening to the Rock Creek Family Church Podcast. I'm Pastor Jonathan again, and we are so thankful and grateful for you to be here and join us. We ask that you would make sure that you subscribe so that you can catch other podcasts as they come out. Also, if you would rate it and comment, let us know how God has blessed you through this podcast. We love you. We thank you. Have a blessed day.